0: see you there would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me i'll be your captain i'm steve
1: harrington and i'm colin
0: and i'm whitney and this is scoops ahoy a stranger things podcast where we go week by week chapter by chapter taking a look at every single episode of stranger things we have made it through all four seasons and now we are in the deep dark void of waiting for season five so in the meantime we are keeping the masses entertained and our episode this week is one that we call an influence episode, and we're talking about the 1984 movie Gremlins and its influence on Stranger Things. So Colin is here with your summary.
1: Rand Pelser, an aspiring inventor, stops in a Chinatown shop one Christmas on the hunt for a snazzy present for his son, Billy. He notices a cute little creature thing, but the shop owner refuses to sell it. The owner's grandkid, though, sells it to Rand under the table, warning him not to get the creature wet, keep it out of bright light, and never feed it after midnight.
0: I, I have to stop you because Rand Peltzer's only goal in life is just to make things that already exist more complicated. <laughs> like, what is that, that man is doing?
1: I was trying to remember, because I remember smokeless ashtrays. And I was trying to remember so, if they came the up juicer? This, after this. Yeah, the juicer was ridiculous. And the... Um, the blender? The uh, the little bathroom kit with the toothbrush and the toothpaste and the razor and the mirror and the dental mirror yes. and all that stuff.
0: The size of it was the same size as like a, a dock kit that you would take with you.
1: Right. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. And then the hammer, which we'll talk about more later, yes. obviously, the, mm-hmm. the electric hammer, yeah, which would not work at all. No, but, you know.
0: no, sorry, and yeah. please yeah. continue.
1: Billy, a bank teller in Hawkins, Indiana, I mean, Kingston Falls, <laughs> loves the present and names it Gizmo. He's careful with him for about five minutes until his young friend Pete accidentally <laughs> spills water on him, prompting Gizmo to immediately spawn a half dozen little Gizmos. Curious, Billy takes one to school to show his science teacher, Mr. Hansen. One night, after a little gizmo spawn gnaws Billy's alarm clock cord, Billy unknowingly feeds them after midnight, which turns the spawns into evil gremlins. They attack Billy's mother, who fights them off valiantly. Meanwhile, Mr. Hansen also feeds the school gizmo after midnight and meets his untimely demise, despite the kind offer of a Snickers bar.
0: Why do you keep calling them gizmos? Well, what do you call
1: them? I mean, they're not gremlins. Mogwai! Okay, Mogwai's fine. I just call them, I've always called them gizmos.
0: <laughs> They're mogwais.
1: Fine. Mogwais.
0: Okay.
1: Take two. Okay. The ringleader gremlin. Gremlin's okay for the bad ones?
0: Yes, gremlin is okay for okay. the bad ones.
1: The ringleader gremlin named Stripe then runs off to the YMCA, jumps in the pool and creates an entire evil army of gremlins who destroy the town. The nasty old bag Mrs. Deagle meets her end, launched off their stairlift and and another group land at the local bar where Billy's girlfriend, Kate, works, and then head to catch a showing of Snow White at the local movie theater. Later that night, Billy and Kate meet up to plot a course of action, but not before Kate tells the worst Christmas story of all time (laughs) about how her dad died in the chimney pretending to be Santa. (laughs) Moving on. They both then head to the theater where they start a gas leak and light it, blowing up the theater along with all the gremlins, except Stripe, was across the street getting candy at the Montgomery Ward. Billy and Kate head there, too, where Stripe attacks Billy with a chainsaw. Gizmo rides a Barbie dream car to the rescue, opening the store's blinds just as dawn breaks, flooding the store with light and melting Stripe in a pile of gross goo. The Chinese shop owner then arrives at the Peltzer house to take Gizmo back, pointing out that everyone really blew it. <laughs> Obviously can't be trusted with a little guy, the Mogwai, at least yes. for now. The end of Gremlins.
0: Okay. I'm going to preface this with, I love this movie so much. Like, I've loved it since I was a kid. I don't know what it, like, I'm a huge horror lover, so I don't know if this satisfied the horror fan in me at such a young age, and it was something that I could handle. But I, like, this movie was just the bee's knees when I first saw it.
1: Well, you were, when I mean, I was... I didn't see on, it right, yeah, when I was it came twelve out. going on thirteen when it came out and when I saw it, and I remember being scarred, and I don't think i I honestly don't think I'd seen it since then. It until, bothered you until last week. The microwave scene really bothered me.
0: I remember not liking the microwave scene, but I was only three about to turn four when it came out, so I know mm. I didn't see it right away, but I remember this is probably when I was like in first grade when I watched it. My mom did not pay attention to what
1: I was watching
0: on TV. Like I think she thinks, I think she thought my brother, my older brother was kind of in charge and wouldn't show me anything, but well, we know how that goes. But every single time I watch this movie and I've seen it a million times, I just have more questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that, that bothered me besides the microwave is of course the, the Santa snapping his neck. And getting burned in the chimney—that's another I had, reason. I, I had I'd... images of that in my head. I mean, I—it was just <laughs> that doesn't horrifying. bother me at all. It's horrifying, and,
0: but that's another reason I don't think I saw it very young because it reveals that Santa's not real in True. in the movie. Yeah. So, um, but one spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah sorry guys. <laughs> one, I will. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There has never been an audience more hype to see a movie. Than the Gremlins are to see Snow White,
1: they are very excited. I mean, yeah. it's
0: like the it's like the audience in Scream Two that's about to see Stab. It's it's the only thing I can compare it to. Yeah, just and mass chaos.
1: It's not even showing at the theater because remember they show the theater at the beginning. Yeah, and what's what's playing is, and this is a neat little bit of trivia. What's playing is this boy's life and watch the skies. Which were the working titles for ET and and uh, Close Encounters? Oh, because Spielberg executive produced it. So the so I don't know where Snow White even came from, but beyond that, then
0: leads me to wonder: Did they go find the reel of Snow White and put it in because they were like, I mean, they're two days old?
1: Yeah, so maybe they went to the they could have gone to the library, maybe they had it there and checked it out or something. Maybe
0: I I mean, okay, that's (laughs) something to. where did they get all of their clothes?
1: <laughs> sure, that too. Yeah.
0: Where did they find the sheet music to sing the Christmas
1: carols? <laughs> right. And, you know, all, yeah, the sunglasses also, and, and, you know, and to devel- develop an affinity for smoking and whiskey, you know, at it, age, it, age two days.
0: New pop culture references like flash dance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and the biggest. WTF of all of this why does the snow not make
1: them turn into a million more gremlins yes I thought that too actually yeah at one point yes they trace. and st- and and all the all the liquid that is splashing on them at the bar when right? Kate you know Kate's <laughs> pouring beer and stuff all over the place and yeah
0: but mainly no one is nearly fascinated and or alarmed enough To see this brand new species. They're just like. Or what's his name? Rand. Just as like. We're new pet for my son. Yeah. Comes in a box. Was sold under the table. And was given the worst instructions of all time. Yes. So I just got. I I feel like George. I got a lot of problems with you people. (laughs) George (laughs) Costanza. Yeah. I love this movie. But looking back. It makes me laugh at how ridiculous it is. The cops in the town are useless. They don't even get out of the car when that one guy's getting eaten by gremlins.
1: Well, that's the other thing too. I mean, of all of the uh the destruction in the town in the movie theater, which incidentally was it's it was filmed on the same set as Back to the Future was, that was the that's the movie theater in yeah. the background when Marty, you know, goes back in time. So, I mean, the entire movie theater blows up. And uh, you know, along with other things, you know, obviously the kindly old lady <laughs>
0: I used to want one of those so bad when I was little, though. I wanted a stairlift.
1: Riding the stairlift out (laughs) under her window. Yeah, Well,
0: yeah, she flies out the window. And then looking back, I mean, what what was the old man's name? He's in, like, Demon Knight. He's in Chopping Mall. He's just, like, very, like, he's in a lot of horror stuff. But anyways, I, you know, didn't realize he was so racist (laughs) until I watched (laughs) it again. And I was like, oh, yeah, he is a bad guy. So really... The Gremlins really only took out some terrible people, maybe they yeah, I think i m d
1: b said that the body count was like four like confirmed kills, but it seems like a lot more people well,
0: yeah, where was everybody, yeah, when all this was going down, and it's a play yeah, on words because like a gremlin used to be something people would say when like their electronics didn't work, right, or mechanics, yeah. they'd say there's yep. a gremlin. Yeah. somewhere. So that's ghost of what- the
1: machine kind of thing. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So back to the show, Uh, came out in June. Uh, Gremlins came out on June 8th, 1984. It was written by Chris Columbus, who also wrote the Goonies famously wrote home alone before becoming a director. He directed Mrs. Doubtfire, a bunch of other things. The two first, the first two Harry Potter movies, it was directed by Joe Dante who also did the howling and inner space and The Burbs, the Tom Hanks movie from 89. And then he also did the Gremlins sequel right after that. And, of course, it was um, executive produced and and really shepherded by Spielberg, it's who bought got a, the script.
0: It's got a Spielberg
1: feel. He bought the script from Columbus, yeah. So it was very, very Spielbergian. The cast includes uh, Zach Galligan as Billy. Phoebe Cates as Kate. Hoyt Axton as Billy's dad. Polly Holiday is old Mrs. Deagle. Francis Lee McCain is Billy's mom, and she's the same actress who played Marty McFly's uh, grandmother. Yes, the mother yes. when he goes back in time. So it's it's, and then Judge Reinhold and Corey Feldman round out the cast in very tiny roles. Was made on an eleven million dollar budget, had a twelve million dollar opening weekend, went on to make two hundred and twelve million dollars total. It opened the same weekend as Ghostbusters. And also in the top five that week, Ghostbusters was number one that weekend. Then Gremlins, then uh, Temple of Doom, in its third week was number three. Star Trek Three was in its second week, and it was number four. And then Beat Street was number five.
0: So, pause. Did you know that Hoyt Axton is a very well known? Well, not very.
1: Well, I don't know if I should well known. Yeah, but... country music um, singer star. Yeah,
0: I read that he did Joy to the World, but that's not the one that's not the joy to the world by three dog night right it's a different one
1: i don't know i just i know he's a country singer but yeah i know that was three dog night so he may have written it or something i don't know
0: yes he did he
1: wrote it look at that how crazy is that that's pretty crazy
0: i feel like our main audience won't know what i'm talking about but
1: joy to the
0: world i'll play a a clip jeremiah was a bullfrog that song
1: i'll play i'll play a clip here you go Boom. Joy to the World, written by Hoyt Axton. Who
0: was the inventor.
1: Yes, he was the band. not. He was yep.
0: not an inventor. He just made things worse. Yes. Just
1: made things so, worse. In the past, we've talked with our movie influences about where it landed on the AFI list. Gremlins did not make it on any AFI list, but did kind of clean up at the 1985 Saturn Awards, which are given to sci-fi, horror, those kind of movies. Mm-hmm. It was named uh, Best Horror Film. Joe Dante got Best Director, Polly Holiday got Best Supporting Actress, and it also won Jerry Goldsmith for Best Music, and also won Best Special Effects.
0: It's very misstated, too, that this movie is the reason that they invented the PG-13 rating, and
1: it's not. Yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah, because this came out like beginning of June, and PG-13 came around beginning of July. They didn't act that quickly.
0: I I've heard it was this movie, or I've heard it was Red Dawn.
1: Red Dawn was the first movie that was PG-13. That was the first one to actually get the PG-13 rating. But they're saying when that did, this- w- When
0: did Red Dawn come out?
1: August of 84. But the, everybody was saying, and I saw it in a couple of places, that this and Temple of Doom were the two movies that mm-hmm. really got people thinking that they needed something between PG and R. But that can't be right because this came out june 8th why not though i mean well pg-13 started july somewhere in there they decided they were going to do it and then the first movie was in august that that's really quick i'm not saying it didn't happen but it seems very unlikely that they moved that quickly i mean you're thinking about all the stuff remember all the pmrc stuff with the Mm -hmm. explicit lyrics and how years that took with two live crew and all. yeah does that
0: does this fall into that same type of like red tape sort of thing
1: well, I don't know. I, I I would think it would have to, huh. At least take more than a month to happen. I don't know, but anyway,
0: regardless, it's yes. not. If you're looking for kid friendly, this is not it.
1: No, and it is true. I mean, it is. It's not PG, but it's also not R. No. So I mean, it, it's, it's a perfect. perfect yeah, mm-hmm. and Temple of Doom is the same way. I mean, it's it's right mm-hmm. in between. So I mean, I'm glad they did it, but I just I find it hard to believe that they moved that quickly. I mean, if if Gremlins had come out in March and then they decided by August to do PG-13, maybe, sure. yeah, you know, that makes hmm. sense, but I don't know.
0: I don't know. I've always heard that, though. And, and then I was like, no, yeah. I thought it was Red Dawn, but now Red Dawn, you're telling me it was the first PG-13 movie.
1: Yeah, Red Dawn and, and then Dreamscape uh, were the first two PG-13 movies.
0: I feel like Poltergeist should have inspired it.
1: Yeah, that would, that would be a good one, too. I
0: mean, and that came out in 82, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. yeah. Anyways, sorry
1: No, well, you're good So I went back and looked up the original trailer And I will play a little clip for you It's 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 not infinitely better But it is certainly better than the E.T. trailer From from, from two episodes ago So here's a, a little bit of the original trailer For Gremlins And I'll post a link to it so everybody can see the whole thing Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins Billy Pelser has a nice home <coughs> Yeah, mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice
0: girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a
1: date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got. What is it? I also went through and looked up the Siskel and Ebert reviews for it, and found their clip on their "At the Movies" segment or sneak previews, whatever mm-hmm. they called it back then. And Roger Ebert said in his review in the Chicago newspaper, said "Gremlins" was hailed as another ET. It's not. It's in a. Di- it's in a different tradition. At the level of serious film criticism, it's a meditation on the myths in our movies. Christmas, families, monsters, retail stores, movies, boogeymen. At the level of pop movie going, it's a sophisticated witty B movie in which the monsters are devouring not only the defenseless town, but decades of defenseless cliches. He's such a good writer. He
0: really is. And you know what I like about him? I miss him. I I miss him so much. But you know what I like about him is that he doesn't just hate on a movie because it's a popcorn movie he's not he's not snobby he'll like give it its credit even though he'll be like yeah this isn't gonna win an oscar but it's still a good movie
1: yeah uh gene siskel said the same thing here's a clip from um from their tv show this is siskel talking about gremlins
0: yes i liked it too Mm -hmm. um maybe i have a little sick sense of humor i (laughs) know maybe i know i do i I do right okay (laughs) and
1: i like that part of it it's not a namby-pamby little Mm -hmm. film and parents should know that but uh, I enjoyed it because it really is walking between two kinds of pictures, and I think it pulls it off. It's walking between the sweet little
0: innocent Christmas fable, and it's also a flat-out horror film with the bad gremlins who are going to devour that town that the little boy lives in. And I thought the director, Joe Dante, really did a nice job moving between those two
1: kinds of stories, so I bought the whole thing. So then I went over to Rotten Tomatoes and looked it up, and currently it is an 86% among critics and a 78% among audience members. I feel like
0: that's rare. I feel like the audience usually
1: goes higher. Yeah, for stuff like that, for like popcorn-y kind Mm -hmm. of stuff like this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyways, are we ready to get to how Gremlins influenced Stranger Things?
1: Yeah, the reason we called you all here together today. The
0: reason we've gathered here today. Well, I feel like we can easily say that Gremlins influenced season two more than any other season yeah, yeah maybe yes, not I mean. at all i any other season i feel like maybe it's only yeah, a
1: couple of little i mean a little easter eggy things here and there but yeah, yeah very very much season two yeah
0: so here are our top five me and colin are going to go back and forth our top five influences that we noticed on stranger things from gremlins and at number five we've got the overall vibe and aesthetic of the movie, which is very obvious. It's the 80s small town, town square, the shop. I mean, it looks like Hawkins when you're watching. Yeah, I'm it's, like, yeah, it's it, almost it, identical it, Hawkins. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. The video story, it's setting in December where, you know, the same as the snowball in season two and Billy's comic books, movie posters, the boom box. It's all...
1: Yeah, the, the wood paneling up. And I mean, wood paneling, it's just, it was oh anything gosh. not made of wood paneling. Our entire movies.
0: basement was wood paneling. <laughs> yeah. And just, like this, like so reddish funny. orange shag carpet.
1: Yeah. But it was kind of funny to think about it in the fictional world that this was, Gremlins was going on at the same time as the snowball. And, you know, because it would have been December of 84.
0: Maybe the Gremlins which, escaped from the upside down. I
1: don't know. Could be. But you know, and they they had the Christmas party in the police station that Hopper you mm-hmm. know ducks out of to go put the egos in the box. So yeah. it's just kind of because it all you know would have happened. At it's the same very time, so. like yeah yeah. It's cool. So number four, I had just kind of general character things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a character named Billy. There's a sheriff. There's the science teacher that the kids go running to with their you know little creature that they found. I immediately when I saw Barney the dog, thought he looked identical to Chester. <laughs> the buyer's dog kind but of that only muddy, got one season yeah that that muddy i love you know, looking dog and then i kind of i kind of got vibes and i know this is not influences or anything but you know seeing billy and pete together and the age difference really kind of mm-hmm. made me think of steve and dustin and their friendship despite their age difference and then billy and kate kind of had a jonathan and nancy kind of vibe going you know when they they weren't really working together but you know they were they would see each other during the workday and stuff. How, so,
0: how old are Billy and Kate?
1: Well, he's in high school. So, why 17? does she work at a bar? I don't know.
0: <laughs> You're not allowed to serve alcohol that young. There's,
1: there's, there's plot holes galore in this stuff. <laughs> really are, are you kidding me? We didn't
0: even talk about the fact that aren't the kids in school on Christmas Eve? Cause yeah,
1: that's yeah, that too. Yeah. The kids
0: are in school on Christmas Eve. They're like, yeah. Doing science. And I, I mean,
1: I don't remember specifically. I mean, I guess it's feasible that Billy went back to his old science teacher when now that he's out of high school Surely. and working at a bank. I mean, he's working at a bank. Right. So, I mean, you know. They but, have
0: to be out of high school. But why is he yeah, they must out be out of high parents? school
1: unless he's moonlighting at a bank on the holidays or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Anyway. So <laughs> many <knows>?
0: questions.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's listening to this and going, what are these people talking well, about? Well, I we mean, no. We don't know. They're going to go know. back
0: and watch Gremlins and be like, you're right. That's another yeah. question that I have a whole, yeah. every time I watch it, I have like 10 more questions. Oh, it's,
1: it's ridiculous. I, I ran out of paper. I was taking notes. I'm like, what am I? <laughs> it's just like, I just, it's I just, like, you just throw it. And all the pages go flying in the air. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> okay. Number three.
0: Oh, Number three. We've got the three rules. And in Stranger Things season two, we hear Hopper give 11, the three rules about leaving or about staying at the cabin. So It's always keep the curtains drawn. Only open the door if you hear my secret knock and don't ever go out alone, especially not in the daylight. So Hopper, you know, gives these rules to Eleven, much like a little kid in Kremlins gives these rules to Rand Peltzer. Except the little kid's rules are the vaguest in the history of the world and basically could bring about the apocalypse because nobody knows what they're talking about. You've got don't right. get them wet, no bright light, and don't feed them after midnight. First of all, what time zone are we working with?
1: Well, and, you know, as as Siskel and Ebert mentioned, you, if you guys watch the link, they, they both mention, isn't any time after midnight? Yes. I, mean,
0: I yes. mean, technically.
1: And I remember thinking that as a kid. I mean, that was one of the questions I had walking out of the theater. I'm like, like, what? Okay, A. Like,
0: when does it end? So,
1: when does well, it like, act- a, a you burned your dad in your chimney. Okay, that's first. And B, <laughs> that's what things look like when you blow them up in a microwave. And then C, <laughs> what do you mean after midnight? Because every time I mean right. seven what's at this night is after midnight. What's yeah. the span?
0: Is it like twelve AM to seven AM? Yeah. Do yeah. these creatures have an internal clock? Like a bio yes. like a clock that they know?
1: Do not feed them between the and hours of midnight and 8 a.m. Yes,
0: we need specifics here. I mean, yes. what time zone? In the zone? Eastern they, time zone. Yeah, if they travel and they have to take gizmo with them or they, like, hold up, we've got to wait yeah. three hours because right. you are on the right. West Coast or whatever. Yes. So yes. there's just a lot.
1: <laughs> when are we supposed to feed these stupid things?
0: Right. <laughs> Can they eat it all? Right. Do they need to?
1: But, man, oh, my Lord.
0: they really love that. That, re- that part really grosses me out, too. When they're eating the chicken. Yeah. Like, why is that chicken so stringy? It's like, well, and their lips yeah. are all green. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's just, it is kind of weird. It almost, it kind of, I mean, I know they're not chickens, but it kind of struck me as like, why are they eating? It's almost like they're eating, you know, very similar meat to what <laughs> I imagine they are. What? <laughs> why? Why would you think a, a magwai is a chicken? I don't know. It's just, it just kind of. <laughs> Like this, just the This is when the papers were the papers were flying in the air. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Okay, number two. So the duffers have said, and, and this is kind of a neat little thing that they did when in season two, episode three, the Pollywog. When Dustin brings the little ghost trap with Dart to school, and Max is locked out in the hallway, and he finally uh, agrees to let it out, and everybody's kind of standing there waiting to pounce on it if it if it escapes. And just then, Max opens the door, and it kind of skitters out into the hallway. They actually use kind of a variation on the Gremlins theme. Mm-hmm. So here's uh, here's the Duffers talking about that.
0: There's a scene in uh, episode three, I believe, where Dart is starting to grow, and he escapes, and the kids are trying to attack it and, and go after it. And we we had our composer sort of do a little theme that sounded like uh, a little bit like the original uh, Gremlins theme because we just wanted to give it a little. A little tip of the hat oh it's it's my favorite it's my favorite easter egg in all of stranger things is that one
1: so here's the gremlins theme (music) and here is the scene in stranger things with kind of the pseudo gremlins theme going on underneath it if you if you listen closely So yeah, I think that's really cool. I think oh, it's I really I heard place.
0: it the first like the second that I played it like yeah. that I got to that scene I was like
1: yeah. Then we also had kind of a handful of little bonus other little little gremlins Easter eggy kind of things that pop up. The, and and this is a weird thing I was I was really trying to freeze frame it and see it and if people have figured it out I I couldn't but in Melvold's. When Hopper comes in and he's all joyous because he's got Mike and L separated for once, mm-hmm. he goes in to tell Joyce on the shelf behind him, there's a box of Ziploc bags and there's some kind of Gremlins promotional thing on it. Like you buy these Ziploc bags and you can maybe send away for some Gremlins thing or something like that. And it also shows up, uh, that's in episode one of season three. And then in episode seven of season three, when L has been bitten by the monster and they all go to the big buy at night and they're treating her and remember Lucas and will get the fireworks and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So when Max is trying to, you know, bandage up L's leg, the same box of Ziplocs is right over L's shoulder on the shelf. And you, you can't really see, you can see very clearly that it's gizmo and it says Gremlins right on the Ziploc bag box, but it's I can't really figure out why it would be there. But anyway.
0: Well, wasn't there a time when they um put like characters prints on the Ziploc bags like for kids to take in their lunch? Am I making Yeah, but bad? it
1: it seems like it's it doesn't seem like that. It seems like it's more of like a giveaway or a promotional kind of It's kind of weird. But anyway, people can go look it up and tell me what you think because I'm I'm yeah. curious. Then when Alexi and Murray and Joyce and Hopper get to the fair later in that episode, in episode seven of season three, obviously there's a, a very quick shot at the beginning when a kid has won a gizmo doll uh, with his dad and he's holding it. And then later on, when Alexi is throwing the darts at the balloons, the one of the prizes that he can win kind of off on the side in the booth is an is a gizmo doll. We mentioned Dustin's electric hammer that he comes back from Camp Nowhere with. The slammer, which is very similar to Rand's invention, was a little... I don't odd.
0: understand what the point is. What what would you ever need an electric hammer for? <laughs> when are you ever just hammering in the same nail for...
1: Well, and, and it wouldn't work. It, there's physics would not let that work anyway. So I don't no. know. I mean, you would, you would tap on the nail, but it wouldn't be doing anything. It'd be like, tick, 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 tick. I don't, I have no idea.
0: Yeah. It, it's, oh, it's weird. Whatever.
1: Episode one of season three, when Dustin is talking to everybody about Susie, he compares her to Fuby Kate's, only hotter. And that's more of a reference to fast times, which she was, you know, kind of blew up as and was considered the hottest thing since sliced bread. But she was also obviously in Gremlins. We mentioned uh, Mr. Hansen offered the candy bar to the Gremlin, just like Dustin offered the candy bar. Uh, he Hansen offered a Snickers and Dustin offered a Three Musketeers. But then later, it was kind of funny when Stripe is at the Montgomery Ward getting the candy. He actually has one of the Snickers or one of the Three Musketeers bars. <laughs> and because it was shot back then, it was the original wrapper, which was mm-hmm. the same wrapper that Dustin had. Which yeah, was kind of cool. Obvious, like little things, like you know, the the gremlins all doing jazzercise size reminded me of when they were doing jazzercise size in the mall. At one point, Corey Feldman has a, a wrist rocket, like a slingshot, that he's trying to, you know, hit mm-hmm. the gremlins with. And then there was the scene in the Montgomery Ward's with the toys all kind of wandering around, all wound up and moving, just kind of, yeah. like, you know. And then also, it's kind of funny <laughs> the, when. Billy is Billy in Gremlins is drawing. He has that drawing of the dragon, kind of the weird, you know, which obviously reminded me of Will's dragon drawing that he did in season four. So did
0: I miss it? I don't remember a dragon.
1: It was a really quick thing when he was showing Hori Feldman his drawing, and he had a. It was like a. It was like a sketch that Billy had drawn of like a weird dragon with a weird head, and mm-hmm. that, but, but he had drawn a dragon, so made me think of huh. little Will, Will the artist,
0: little Will. Oh, well. All right, we're to the number 1 big influence the gremlins had on Stranger Things and it is adopting a seemingly harmless creature only to have it wreak havoc.
1: That that seems like it played very heavily in Stranger Things too, yeah.
0: To be fair, I would 100% be the person that brought a little creature in to be like I love it. I'm going to keep it forever. And then it would probably kill me and the rest of my
1: family before destroying the world. So I'm and, aware. And to be honest, Gizmo was cute. I never thought Dart was cute.
0: Oh, I think, I even think Dart's cute when he comes out and he wiggles and he, I, gets I remember his we, had, bite. This, we, we yeah. had
1: this discussion back in season two, but yeah. Yeah. I, I never really thought Dart was cute. But anyway, I mean, so here's. Here's the, let's let's play the clip. from this is Dustin okay. talking about um, talking about that influence. Gremlins is uh,
0: first of all one of our favorite films growing up, and it was also a big reference, particularly in season two of the show with Dart, which, like Gizmo, begins as this sort of loving creature that Dustin is trying to take care of, and he and he, and he starts to actually care for this cute little thing. And then, of course, we realize that it's anything but. It's it's a baby Demogorgon. And uh I'm just I'm I'm a sucker for any sort of animal. So now I'm not gonna be the kind of person that goes and like like the people in Alien, they stick their face real close to things.
1: Yeah. Always.
0: No, no I'm not gonna be that. But I mean if I saw a little Mogwa, of course I would be much more careful with it than Billy was. Billy was just too irresponsible. Well to that's
1: what I said in the recap. <laughs> for five yeah. minutes. For five, five minutes, minutes, minutes it was okay.
0: Yeah, just, a poor it thing.
1: Was, it was that quick.
0: Yeah, it, 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 P- Pete was the one that spilled the water on him, or then yeah. with the food out. Just I, I, I don't know. I would never hang out with Pete. Yeah. After that, but anyways, yeah. So I mean, really, Dustin's move to save to keep Dart hidden is kind of the catalyst for <laughs> everything that sets off season two.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. So and and it came straight from Gremlins. So yeah. Okay, let's, uh, you want to just move on to some some emails? Let's do some emails, Colin. (laughs) First email is from Aiden. Says, hey, Colin and Whitney, it's Aiden once again. And as soon as I heard you were doing an episode on gremlins, I just had to say I loved gremlins when I was little. And I've always thought that the unscary ones are the cutest things ever. I just light up when you read my emails and always email right after I hear the episode. Every Thursday makes me shine. And I annoy my friends to get them to listen to you. Sadly, no one likes Stranger Things as much as me. Keep trying, Aiden. Work on yeah, your friends.
0: You do it. Peer pressure, really,
1: Can they really be your friends if they don't like Stranger Things as much as you? Really? Love your podcast and would die to hear another episode. We're going to keep them coming, Aiden. Don't worry about it. Yeah.
0: Keep breathing, buddy. Our next email is from Kayleen. And she starts out with, it's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. She says, tell me if you get the reference. Of course we get the reference. Colin and I our longtime lovers of taylor swift
1: i got it on vinyl and i don't even have a record player
0: yeah yeah she says thank you so much for your song recommendation it's super groovy i listen to it all the time on my mp3 that was the
1: that was the sweet things or uh, sweet dreams are made of this that she was she was the one that asked about the playlist. oh yes yeah 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 yeah. Yeah.
0: i was thinking it was that or betty davis Eyes. i couldn't remember which one we said Sweet dreams. She said, still haven't gotten around to officially making the playlist, though. Harriet, howdy, break a leg with the exams, had put in her info about the frog dissection. I'm currently in biology. Shout out to one of my favorite teachers. And so far, we haven't done any dissections. The only thing we have dissected is an owl pellet. And we don't plan to do any this year. Of course, this is talking about a Virginian. Is that you say that? Virginian? Yeah,
1: I'm a Virginia. Virginian. Well, grew up in Virginia.
0: Of course, this is talking about a Virginian, but I've moved seven times in my life, so I might have missed the dissection school system. I second Taylor's opinion in saying that all that you all should both watch the Holmes. I, have, I still haven't watched it.
1: Oh, Great I watched Ch- both. I watched both. Oh, well, I've really? Seen, I had already seen the first one, and I just watched the second one. It's really good. I need to watch it. It's, that. uh, and it's not just because it's Millie. It's, um... They're really fun. They're really fun movies. They they do a really good job with them. They're, they're clever and and cute and fun. And there's a little bit of suspense and who done it and mystery to it, but it's it's yeah. she's great in it, but they're they're fun movies.
0: I want to, but like I said earlier, man, I, I watch TV for work. So anything extra, I'm like, oh, I just want to read a book or something. Right. She says, Great job, Maya, with the guitar playing. I could recognize the song without you even have even having to tell me what it was. I go back and re-listen to it sometimes. Gremlins. I watched this around the time I watched E.T. I'm pretty sure that my dad was shoveling 80s movies down our throats at the time because after that we watched Labyrinth with my one true love, David Bowie. I am a huge Labyrinth fan. Love that
1: movie. Good movie.
0: I don't have many opinions on Gremlins, mostly because I don't remember anything. I do recall the multiplying in water thing. I thought it was kind of creepy. It is. I think that we can all agree that they are the cutest little things ever. Anyways, that's all. Keep on existing and I'll see you all next time. Sincerely, Robin Buckley 2.0. Yay, Kayleen.
1: Yay, thanks, Kayleen. Next email's from Ellie. Says, hi, Colin and Whitney. It's Ellie again. And I was wondering, do you think you could find out which character or characters have the most screen time in the whole series and maybe each individual season too? Love the podcast so much. And I look forward to getting the Spotify notification for each new episode. Love from Greece. Ellie, Ellie, yes, we can.
0: You've you've come to the right place, Ellie.
1: Reddit, I just love Reddit to death. It's just a treasure trove of information. So I will post a link to this so you can see the whole spiel. But I just pulled from the series as a whole, top five screen time people. Number five is Nancy with 139 minutes and 45 seconds of screen time. Number four is Mike at 146 minutes, Joyce at 157 minutes, Hopper at 196, and L at an even 200 minutes. So, the again, I'll post a link and they actually break it down by season and overall, and they go through all the characters and stuff. So, good question, Ellie, and there's your there's your answer.
0: You know what's funny though is that Dustin's not in the top five, even though Dustin has the most lines.
1: He says a lot of things very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess.
0: <laughs> okay, our next email is from Harriet. She says, Hi, Colin and Whitney. As of today, no more exams. No more studying till the wee hours of the morning. Maths round two was easier than the first round. The school takes the better results. I love. And science was easier after I studied and pulled three all-nighters. Also, I found this beam, and it definitely sums up all fandoms in my opinion. Also, Taylor, me too. I count down the days until the new podcast episodes. And I love Enola Holmes. Immediately, yes. Also, Whitney, I am so sorry, but as it's November and we have recently acquired a pool in our new house, I will be swimming in November. And yes, we are going into our summer. As of this email, we have one week of working and breakup parties. And then it's freedom. And I will be stepping into the shoes of our favorite babysitter, Steve, and starting to babysit while my brother is in school for one more week than me. Thanks. Lots of love and good vibes for anyone dealing with school. Harriet. P.S., I know my list was questionable. I did it at like three a.m. on Monday morning after just being like, "crap, I have to email." I've made it my mission to never miss an email, and we love you for That's it. That's
1: what I remember. Yeah, you, we, we were all that was, was, was an odd list, Harry.
0: <laughs> we but, were like, what, uh, Harriet.
1: And I'll uh, I'll post the I'll post the uh, she sent a picture of the meme of the fandom. So yeah, it's pretty funny. So I'll yeah. post that too. So. Next email is from Suzanne. I discovered your podcast weeks ago after making my way through other Stranger Things podcasts. Yours is by far my favorite. Thank you, Suzanne. (laughs) Your opening with the Steve Harrington bit never fails to make me smile, even on a terrible day. I love this segment on favorite lines because this series is full of them. And I love to hear when you guys liked a bit that I also did. After you've watched each episode so many times, you start to notice all these great lines. As I'm finally po- caught up to your podcast live, here are my top five main characters from the 1117 podcast. Number five, Max. Number four, Hopper. Number three, 11. Number two, Dustin. And number one, the hare. Steve, Mr. the hare. That's a good list. I like Solid it. list, Suzanne. As an aside, I cannot stand <laughs> Mike's character.
0: <laughs> I do not understand why so many people hate this kid.
1: That's <laughs> so funny. Also, I was really hoping you had mentioned Camp Crossley in your segment, Where in the World Is, in that episode, um season four, episode two, in Dustin's room. uh When Max comes over, there's that poster on the mall. Remember, I asked you, it's the YMCA camp in um, Indiana, I think. Mm-hmm. I noticed the poster and was super excited to show my son, who actually goes to that camp and has been four summers running. We live in Chicago and it's a few hours' drive away. He loved that it was represented. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah, I love
0: that he went to camp crossley okay our next email is from evelyn she says hi colin and whitney thank you so much for reading my last email on the show i almost had a heart attack when i heard it i'm looking forward to finding out the next top five subject hopefully i will see you on the discord soon speaking of discord uh we have it set up we have links to it on our twitter and facebook but if you don't have either of those you can always email us and we'll shoot you the link so that you can Join the Discord with Harriet and some of the other fans of the show. Sam, I know,
1: asked about it too. Um, He he emailed us, so we sent him the link. So yes, if you're not on Facebook or Twitter, that's fine. We can just send you the link, just email us, and we'll go from there. So as for our next episode, good news, bad news. Bad news, we're going to take a break for the holidays, but we will be back. Yes. We're going to take a month off. We're going to be back on January 5th. Good news is that gives you plenty of time for our next top five, which I think is a pretty cool one. Mm -hmm. And here we go. We all love our favorite show. We all know that. That's why we're all here. But I got to think there are people out there that might have some opinions on what could have been done differently. Characters that could have survived or characters that could have died earlier or different kinds of characters or different plot lines entirely or something like that. So what we want you guys to do is send us your list, whether it's one or five or 10 or whatever of things that you maybe would have done differently in stranger things, not going forward. We're not talking about season five and theories like stuff like that of things that have already happened in seasons one through four. If there is something that you didn't really like and would have done differently or something that was Really cool, but could have been done a different way. We want you to tell us what you might have done differently in stranger things, and we'll see we'll see what we get i i've I have a very clear one in my mind, but I won't i won't I, I feel that. like
0: mine are uh, gonna be like I wouldn't have them go swimming in November. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna have to think about this. it's gonna be like real petty stuff for me. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't have Nancy get out of the car and I would have her listen to Barb and then Barb Yeah, Barbara I don't to know. Barb. Things things like that. It's a little little plot pointy kind of things, you know, or major things, however you however you want to interpret it. Mm-hmm. Just little things that you might have done or big things that you would have maybe done a little bit differently on Stranger Things. And we all know that we all love Stranger Things. So this yes. is not, you know, you're not
0: Yeah, it's not it, this is not you're not picking it apart. It's just another creative outlet. Another creative avenue you could have taken. And I don't feel like the duffers listen to this, so so you're not gonna hurt anybody's
1: feelings. <laughs> yes. I think you're good. So if you could get those to us, let's say, oh, right around the start of the new year. So January 1st, 2nd. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Be perfect. And we'll um we'll remind everybody on email and Twitter and Facebook and stuff. But you got a month to think about it. So don't don't forget. You know, make yourself a note you start keeping track now.
0: Yeah, we'll send out a little notification. So, and speaking of, you can always follow us on Twitter at ScoopSoyPod. We're on Facebook at ScoopSoyPod. And you can always email us at ScoopSoyPod at com. And like our good friend Aiden said, we would love it if you got your friends to listen to our podcast and leave us a review. Or just to subscribe, a like, something yeah. to tell us that you're out there.
1: Absolutely. Feel free to email us about anything, too. You don't have to, you know. Yeah obviously yes
0: we love it we love it so that does it for this week it does it for this year actually happy holidays everybody yes happy holidays and we will catch you guys on the flip side in 2023 so thanks everybody for listening and we hope you tune in next time thanks guys bye
1: bye Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Vixabay.